0: Carol, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are
1: you? I'm great. Thanks. Good to be here. How's it going? Ah,
0: oh, fantastic, man. Living the dream. Living the
1: dream. Hell yeah. <laughs>
2: nice. For sure, man. Where are you located right now?
1: Uh, I am in New York City right now. I'm uh, in the, the Big, big Apple, Apple. We yeah. We love it. We big love Apple.
2: it. We're a big uh, Frank Sinatra fan, so every time we hear <laughs> New York City, we're like, New York, New York. That's um, right. I've never started an interview off with singing to our guests, so you're welcome. That was, that was spectacular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can hear
1: the cry in the background. Exactly, exactly. exactly. The
2: first official serenade. It's yeah, like, yeah you, know, right. you know, you felt special, <laughs> so I just wanted to convey that. To <laughs>
0: I, w- I would duet, but you don't want to hear me sing. It's hey. not, no, there's no...
2: <laughs> I didn't do now, actually.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. no, a no. Exactly, <laughs> oh, exactly.
0: Hey, man, if you let me get drunk and get in front of a karaoke machine, we're all in.
2: That's It's good to go, but you know... <laughs>
1: let you get drunk i would be right there with you sir <laughs> Hell like, yeah. give me one second, That's right. one second.
2: <laughs> but man what we like to do at the very beginning of the podcast because the show is made for the up-and-comers trying to break into the entertainment industry so we like yeah. to introduce you to our audience let us know how you got started was it something you always wanted to do or did you just kind of fall into it
1: yeah, I mean, you know, like a lot of people my age, uh, first thing that kind of introduced me into like acting and entertainment business was Star Wars. And Hell I, wanted, yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to be a Jedi. And my parents were like, that's not like a thing. That's like somebody's <laughs> job, like as an actor. I'm like, you can do that as a job? I'm in. So from that time on, I just wanted to be an actor. And then um, I got an uncle who's an actor as well. And when I was like, I think like maybe like seven or eight years old, he was on this old show called Wise Guy yeah yeah, kind of like, yeah you know it? I, yeah, I, I remember like, yeah yeah he had like one line it was like uh luca caught a rocket or something like that <laughs> like, the line came on, and i was like that was the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life and then uh yeah i just grew up and moved out of home and uh ended up in vancouver canada and started getting into acting Then, yeah
2: Very nice. And I mean, that seems to be kind of like a hub right now. I mean, when you start thinking about filmmaking, you think Los Angeles, New York, now Atlanta, and also Vancouver. So those are always like the four good meccas to where to be. So good for you, man.
1: Yeah, thanks. So yeah, Vancouver took its course and then ended up uh, wanting to try my luck in the Big Apple and here I am. So.
2: Hell yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I mean, with being in the Big Apple, you know, it's really big in theater performances. So have you ever dabbled in theater or was that something you ever interested in?
1: Long time ago, I did like a little bit of theater. Yeah, um, but like I'd love to do theater here in New York. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, yet, but yeah, it's definitely definitely a, a mountain I want to climb. It's too.
0: time to bring a Jedi to the stage. That's all I'm saying. Like you know, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw That's I saw, right. um, I recently saw Daniel Craig do Macbeth Macbeth on Broadway. Yeah, oh, shit. yeah, but it was like such an untraditional way of doing it, and they were like ad libbing. And one, like halfway through, right after Macbeth kills, like, you know, uh, the family, the whatever, the king the thing in his place. Right. The actors are playing different roles. So the actor playing the role of the king undresses and becomes like this order or whatever. I don't know <laughs> Macbeth that well. I don't Sorry. Anyway, he looks out of the audience. He comes crawling out in this new outfit, looks out at the audience and goes, there's a lot of you fuckers, isn't there? And I <laughs> I lose it. I'm losing it. Nice. My niece, I like, grabbed my hand. She's like, "Dude, you're gonna get us kicked out. You have got to shut the fuck up." And I'm like howling so hard. And like, there were all the cast is on stage, kind of like, "What the hell?" I think I started like a laugh wave going on, but yeah.
2: that's great. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I love it. I feel like theater is a great place for improvisation. So, I mean, if they were real hardcore actors, they'd be able to play off that shit. So that's great.
1: <laughs> 100% but I think like listen like when Shakespeare was originally done it wasn't like as serious as people take it no, away. Right? Yeah, exactly they were like joking around a lot of the time there's humor written in the script and it was nice to see a production that actually put humor into it for sure and, and you, you get that, that- was, like, I don't think they got a, thought that they were going to do as much laughs off it as they did that night.
0: But. Yeah, but that's the great thing, too, about it. You get that instant reaction from the audience. You know, it's not like yeah. a film or television where you got to wait to find out what the ratings were, or if it, you know, hear the reviews or whatever. At theater, it's like, boom. Is it working or not working? You got it, you know?
1: Yeah, 100 percent. Um, I did stand-up comedy for like a decade. Oh, it wow. was, man. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Uh, that was one of the things. Of all the times, like, you do super good, and then when you think you're never going to bomb again, you bomb, crash hard in front of, like, <laughs> exactly. hundreds of people, <laughs> like, oh, my God, my life sucks. But that's the one thing that will always make you come back is just, like, getting, like, that instant hit of laughs. Oh, for
2: sure. Oh, for sure. And that's actually yeah, very interesting that, that you say that because uh, I'm really big into um, – Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer's podcast right now. So I listen to a lot of their stuff. So, I mean, I can only imagine like I'm an anxious person. I'm not going to lie to you. So the anxiety of going up on stage (laughs) and fucking basically trying to pour out your life in a funny strategic way. I mean, what was that experience? Like, I'm always very curious.
1: Yeah. um, Well, the first time I did it, Mm -hmm. uh, I did it on like, it was like my 27th birthday or something like that. It was at this place called Yuck Yucks. It's like this uh, comedy club chain in Canada. Okay. I was working with a bartender upstairs, and there would always be comedians that would come in to like talk to me and like sit at like the bar and just have drinks and shit. I was chatting with them one day, and uh, they're like, Yeah, you should try it. So I, on my birthday, I got a set together, went down, brought a bunch of friends, and they're like, well, listen, you don't just show up and go on stage. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got to know you, and they're like, but you brought some people. I'm like, yeah. They're like, you really want to do this? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, uh, come on backstage. And they introduced me to some of the comics, and they're like, this is your first time ever? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, you're going to bomb so hard. <laughs> and they're like, this is going to be awesome. They all went front stage to watch me bomb. And I... I go out and there's like this this, this like uh, curtain like from the green room, and it goes right onto the stage. Mm-hmm. So you open the curtain, you're out there, and you're in front of like 300 people. And I've never done this before. And I've got like my set, I've got it all planned out in my head. <laughs> and I go and I try to grab the mic and take it out of the mic stand, couldn't do it. I'm like, oh, what? Uh, <laughs> Oh, no. So then I just pick up the mic stand and I just went to like autopilot and I got some laughs. Like, I, for a beginner, like, yeah, yeah. I thought I did pretty good. The next, like, Four or five sets I had. After that, ten. But for the first time, <laughs> I was set. And I continued doing it for like a decade after that. But the first time on stage, I think, is less nerve wracking than when you start getting paid to do it. Oh. Because when you start getting paid to do it, and you've got like three hundred people in the audience, you can't have an off night. Yeah, You're for sure. Be good. And like you're on stage for like minimum 20 minutes. So if you're not doing well, there's nowhere to go.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're kind of stuck there for that time frame. <laughs> Shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I was in I was in New Zealand. I was doing comedy in New Zealand and they have this awesome club there. Um, I completely forget the name of it. But it's, <laughs> it's the only club they have in New Zealand. They only have one. It's <laughs> in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, and uh, yeah, it's great. I was getting paid to do a set one night there, and I was supposed to do, I think, twenty minutes, and I was like middling, and um, yeah, I think I got to about eight minutes of it because New Zealanders, like, they it throws you off because they're not like big laughers like Americans, Canadians. They like something that was kind of (laughs) like just a little (laughs) chuckle, just a little chuckle. They'll smile a lot. They'll smile and nod like. "Mm." yeah you're, like, oh, you're not getting like already you're not getting a lot of laughs right I was like I was taking it personally and i was like oh man like, fuck I like, i'm trying to go to the crowd and do some crowd work they're just staring at me they're not participating i was like oh my god i got to about eight minutes and i was like you know what thanks so much guys It's not my night i went off <laughs> i was so embarrassed
2: that's hilarious but i mean you were able to overcome that shit look at you now man look at you now you still look yeah, 27 yeah. so let let that be <laughs> a thing
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: It does take, though, I think, I mean, there's a vulnerability to being up on
0: stage, whether it's theater or doing comedy or whatever. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to get out there and, and put yourself in front of 300 people for an immediate reaction. I mean, so it's, it's something that not a lot of people can do. So, you know, whether you b- fail or bomb, you did it. And there's not a lot of people, I feel like, have the guts enough to get up there and do it, so.
1: hundred percent. There's a secret to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of it beer <laughs> <laughs> yes you'll go on stage and just don't think about it just there like go. Just go there are super ignorant and be like whatever happens i'm gonna be up here for five minutes that's
2: right you get it. i love it i love it but i mean we have to mention because your voice is everywhere in the country if not the world so how did you get started in voice acting
1: it's something that i always wanted to get into yeah it's funny because like when i first started getting into it I got into a way that I never really thought that it was a way that you could make a living using your voice. My whole thing at first was I wanted to get into animation and video games right. and all that. But I took quite a bit of a different path. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working at a nightclub and I was supplementing like my acting career because it was just kind of like just getting it going. Right. Sure. And, um, <laughs> I-, I was dating a girl at the time. and we got into arguments because she didn't think that I like made enough money and we ended up, I broke, broke up over, we ended up breaking oh, up over it. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I am going to handle this part of my life. <laughs> I started Watching YouTube videos on like how I could do like, um, voiceovers from home. I went out and bought some equipment and spent like the first four hours of every day, just learning how to record good audio. I had like, a like, like, um, kind of like a den, like a little office space that mm-hmm. I could it out with like You know acoustic foam and then I started recording like every day whenever I could I started doing this one website called Fiverr. I don't use it anymore but like when I first started I was doing like 400 words which is a fair amount for five bucks and I didn't really care about the money I was just doing it and learn how to do it so then like oh my god like maybe like four months Mm -hmm. I turned like five dollar gigs into like making like quite a bit um, and then changed my whole life around like in six months. So
2: that's awesome. I mean, that determination. It's kind of like I guess comedy in the sense of the more reps you do, the better you're getting. And I mean, with you putting in that time and dedication, I feel like that's yeah. something that the up and comers will take away from this interview. You know, you have to set a time set aside time for yourself every day for this craft that you say you love. So you have to, you know, flex those muscles a little bit and to try to make sure that you continue to grow as you continue to grow older as well. So I mean, it's something you know, you have to dedicate your time to and I think that's very important.
1: Yeah, 100%. I just looked at it as like, listen, every morning, like what do a lot of people do? Usually they have their coffee, they'll watch the news, just do some bullshit that doesn't really do anything. To right.
2: You. That's right.
1: Like what you could be doing is just looking at like what your dream is, what you want to do. Plan out that first hour, two hours of your day, which are just like, you know, you're not really doing a whole lot anyway. Or get up early if you are. And then just start working towards that. And YouTube University is like the best thing out there. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Literally. You can figure out how to do anything on YouTube. Everybody has a how-to on every single subject. That's exactly right. If anybody that's listening wants to get into voiceover, what I would say is literally go to a guy named Bill DeWeese. He has a YouTube um, site. And he tells you literally in short videos how to get started in uh, voiceover. And that's what I watched. That And there's this other guy named Booth Junkie. And he teaches you how to put together um, a home studio. Those oh, the wow! First two, first two things you need to do. And then you get into, like, online casting or get an agent. I'd recommend getting online casting first. And then just start putting in your reps and just doing as many auditions as you can. Nice. And then you start figuring it out that way.
2: Exactly. And what would you say, like, how important is the money at first? Would you say, you know, would to try to get more gigs rather than look for the paying jobs? Or how would you say that for the up and comers trying to break into it?
1: Yeah, I honestly like even now, I don't even if I ever like think about how much a job could pay me in like an audition, I'll screw it up. Yeah, you have to like, all you have to do is just try to do the best job you can on every single one no matter how much they pay, because I can't tell you how many times I've done an audition and I didn't get the job, but they came back and I'm like, listen, that audition was so good. Mm-hmm, we got right. this other game. and then they just give it to you. Yeah. And really audition for that one. They're like, we just liked you so much. We're just going to give you that job. And that's because the
0: audition is the job. We've had so many of our guests say, you know, the you work is the audition. And then if you get the gig, that's just the bonus. But your job is to audition and audition and audition. And like you said, you know, if you do your best, somebody's going to see it at some point. You're going to get something from it. You know, you always got to go in with that attitude and go, hey, I didn't get this gig, but I'm going to get one. So, you know, that I think that's the right approach, man.
1: Yeah, 100% hundred percent. And, uh, it's funny, like, uh, so back road truckers, the show that I narrate is on Hulu right now. Um, I got that because I, I didn't get another gig that they were doing. They got another one called rust Valley Restores, yeah, and it was yeah. between me and another, uh, VO who was extremely talented named Michael Dangerfield and it was down between the two of us and he ended up getting it. And I was kind of, um, working under him and helping at his school called on the mic in Vancouver. And I was kind of bummed at first. But then like a year later, I got that audition. And then not only did I get that audition, but the producers actually sent a note to my agent saying like, listen, we really like his voice for this. And if there's anything that he needs to know, give us a call. And I like, I was like so prepared for this audition. right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I got this. I got this. And I laid it. I, I worked on it so hard and I sent it in and then I got a call back for it. They had me come into the studio and uh, yeah, they told me that they thought that I was pretty much the guy. Before I even started recording, they just wanted to see if I could take direction. Nice. And that was like the first time I'd ever narrated a show. So I was like a little nervous. That's. But uh, I asked a buddy of mine who works a lot, and he was like, just don't look desperate, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Good advice. Good advice. But it's not just VO stuff. It's not just voice acting. You're in front of the yeah. camera as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you got it. You got a short film coming up, right? Yeah, right. that's right. Let's, let's, let's talk it. about it. Smoke
2: <laughs> yeah. eater. We want to talk about Smoke eater. Smoke it eater. sounds a like New a- yeah go ahead you know, you got yeah, the it. new hampshire
1: film festival um it's basically it's a day in the life of a female firefighter in 1981 she brings her kid to work and uh it's their experience throughout the day so i play kurt who uh is seemingly a very nice guy and ends up being nuts so
2: <laughs> what you not a nice guy what? right i mean i can't see that at all no. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, (laughs) just, I mean, the thought of that, you know, especially back in the 80s or, I mean, decades away from this current time period when the female representation in those type of masculine jobs wasn't necessarily there always. And does that play into it a little bit?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, they wanted to, like, sort of show everybody these days, like, what it would look like back then. Right and one thing that was important to me and to the director as well is that kurt was played like as if he didn't think that he was doing anything wrong mm-hmm. um, so like i don't want like uh, i don't know how you right. see it but basically there's a scene where um the lead character is like we're we're all going to bed and we're in the bunkhouse and all that so it's nighttime and the lead character is getting ready to go to bed and like you know tell her to come sleep in my bed and I take my shirt off and grab her and all that kind of stuff. Right. I always thought that like, especially at that day and time, this guy, he doesn't even know what a piece of shit that he's being at the time. Right. We've come a long way, but there's still people like that, you know, like, I mean, the former American president thinks he can just grab women by the private parts. Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, there's so many like instances like that where back then it was acceptable I guess you could say by like society, and it didn't. It took nearly you know, I don't know, so many years before they even started calling people out for it until the Me Too movement really happened. Because a lot of women felt like they didn't have voices to express their thoughts and opinions and feelings. How like this was traumatizing them throughout their whole life. So I think it's going to be a very important story in that aspect and be able to shed some light on things and give respect to those women who lived through those times and came out on the other side, being able to talk about it and talk about their experiences to try to prevent that from happening in the future.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think one of the really cool things about the way that it's shot too, is that Gloria, the director, she, she filmed it. So it's, It's not really showing like an opinion about what's going on one way or the other. Okay. You just kind of feel like you're sitting in the back seat just watching as this day progresses. Yeah. Yeah. You have your own feelings about it and it it can be uncomfortable at times. Yeah. It's it's a really good piece of art. I'm really Mm -hmm. proud of that.
0: Oh, dude. Sounds amazing. And I love the approach that she had that where you say, you know, play it like he doesn't really, he's doing anything wrong, right? Because I think that was the case I think that, that back then and even nowadays sometimes it, it's that this is the culture this is how they were brought up and they don't really yeah. think they're doing anything wrong yeah. this is just how a man acts and this is how he you know he does it and bad, that's right? that. That's even more scary than the ones who realize they're doing something wrong and do it it's the ones that think it's just normal that this is how I was raised this is how, how it goes and this is what a man is and, and like that's even more terrifying so I, I like the approach that you that she says go with that and say hey this guy's just doing what he does he doesn't even realize
2: so
1: yeah that's fantastic makes them 10 times more scary exactly exactly Exactly.
2: and you know we're we are filmmakers ourselves Uh, we have a production company so I'm always so curious about the behind the scenes aspects where was it shot and how long did it take you to shoot this whole process
1: yeah we did it over a weekend it was shot in uh Langley British Columbia so just kind of outside of Vancouver that's cool um, sort of like smaller area um at a real fire station nice yeah
2: I love that and I mean just to be able to be in that environment I'm sure you you as an actor and as a professional can take a lot of inspiration just from your surroundings you know just from being in an actual fire station I can only imagine you know yeah. watching different types of those procedural shows and being like okay this is the time period. This is the way they conduct themselves and all of these different things. And then being in the, in the environment, like I said, I'm sure that was really good for you. Well, and what about the
0: like the behind, the, the voice acting and then in front of the camera? So do you get very animated when you're doing the voice acting? Because you've got that freedom of not having the camera on you, right? You can just kind of have it yeah. and you just go for it. But when the camera's on yeah. you, literally everything you do is like, you know, picked up. even the smallest face exaggeration is like... Gigantified, right? So, gigantified is that even a word? It, it is, is now, now. <laughs> or now that's right. So, did, was there a transition there where you like did you have to tame it down a little, or did you just kind of like uh,
1: explain that a little bit? You know, I'm still like acting's a work in progress, I'm still learning to like tame it down, but sometimes, you know, like sometimes you're taming it down too much. Like, there's a yeah. lot of acting these days, especially in <laughs> procedurals where people are just kind of talking, guys, and again, yeah, series. yeah. And they
2: like, oh, what a Comanche
1: go. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. But like I'm just I, I'm just trying to be as authentic and real and acting as I can be. Right. There you go. And if you just think about like when you're talking to somebody, a lot of the time, like, you know, you just we're just talking. Exactly. Right? Yep. But if you're natural If your natural state is to be more animated and all that, then use it if it works in the world, you know, and I, I'm a, I'm more of an animated person. I've always been in my life. Even before the whole. (laughs) Trust me, before
2: this, we were going back and looking at your Instagram and you cracking up dying on some of your reads. I think it's absolutely (laughs) hilarious.
1: Heck yeah! Yeah, I got to do more of those. It was fun to post. Like I that mean, stuff. that's good
2: content, man. I mean, it brings the realism, you know, out of the actual like profession, and I think that's something that a lot of people like to see. They like to see it, you yeah. know, not so cut and dry one, two, three, four, but you know, add yeah. a little bit of spice here and there. Yeah, because so.
0: shit, it's supposed sure. to be fun, right? Exactly. I mean,
1: if
2: you're not if you're not having fun doing it, why the hell are you
1: doing it, right? It is honestly like voice acting and acting. Sp- Especially voice acting for me, it's it's meditative. It's super fun. You get to act like an idiot by yourself. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> like, you no. Know, it's 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 a completely different thing for me than than in front of the camera acting. For, for sure. sure. Yeah, well,
2: that's awesome, man. And I mean, I gotta say, thank you so much for coming on the show because this is really gonna help a lot of up and comers. You know, keep their head down and keep grinding forward because you know a lot of people get you know, deceived by a lot of things and get down on their luck and different stuff like that. But your positivity and your motivation and your dedication to the craft, I think, is going to be very inspiring for for everyone listening to this interview.
1: Awesome. Thanks for saying that.
2: Oh, of course, man. We're always here to build people up. So anytime you ever want to come back on the show, you're more than welcome. Just reach out to us. You got my email and you got my uh, Instagram and stuff now. So, bro, anytime you want to come back on, we're open for
1: it. Hell yeah. That'd be awesome.
2: Thanks so much. No problem, man. We hope you have a great rest of your night, and we'll be talking to you soon, brother.
1: Thanks, guys. All All right, man. Thank you, brother. Take
2: care. Oh, man, that was good.
0: Yeah, dude, he's just upbeat and happy. You can just see it. Like, you know, and I love that. Anybody who does an interview and the entire time, it's just like a huge smile. Yeah. Like the entire time, you know they love what they do and they're having a good time. And that's the best kind, man. Yeah,
2: because, I mean, that's really what you take away from it is that he's a lover of the craft. No matter what aspect he's doing, he's just enjoying the process. And that's really what it's about in the entertainment industry. Whatever you're doing, if you're an actor behind the scenes or, like, conducting a whole bunch of different stuff, As long as you enjoy the process and enjoy who you're working with, that's what it's all about.
0: Hell yeah. And another piece of advice that we've heard from so many guests, and again in this interview... It's not about the money. Nope. If you're doing it about the money, it's never going to be successful. Don't worry about the money. Just do what you do. Do your best at it. The money will come. Exactly. I mean, I I just think I love when they say that because it's so true. I think people go into it for the wrong reasons. And every time we have a guest on to reiterate, it's not about the money. It's about the art. Have fun doing it. Best advice you can give.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Thank you again, Jesse, for coming on the show.